Hi, my name's Darren. Good morning. Um, it's my privilege to spend the next few minutes speaking with you today about the gospel of peace. That is the good news of peace. Peace is a, a really lovely, cosy word, isn't it? It rhymes nicely with release. Perhaps that's no coincidence because one does lead to another. And when you think of peace, what comes to mind? What do you think of? Perhaps you think of the warm, relaxing hues of a sunset or the calm stillness of a beautiful mountainside lake. Perhaps you think of a warm, cosy duvet under which you can snuggle under and get some well-earned rest. Maybe you think of the end to war and the end to trouble. You know, a simple definition of the word peace may, might be tranquility, harmony, freedom from disturbance. And the Bible has a lot to say about peace. In fact, it's referenced over 420 times in scripture. And my first encounter with the word peace was growing up as a child um, in my dad's car, funnily enough. Um, my dad is a big fan of country music. So driving around as a kid in his car, we're going back to the time of audio cassettes here, the good old days. Um, he'd be playing a lot of country music by artists like uh, Johnny Cash, Jim Reeves, Mel Haggard, Charlie Pride. And often those country music artists would sing a gospel song in the midst of the, the rest of their country repertoire. That'll be no surprise to music buffs out there the roots of country music and gospel music are really closely entwined. But the song that really stood out to me as a kid when I heard those, uh, those country gospel songs was a song called Peace in the Valley, which I'm sure many of you will be familiar with. The old song that says, there'll be peace in the valley for me someday. There'll be peace in the valley. Oh Lord, I pray. Now the Bible talks about valleys quite a bit as well. Perhaps most famously in Psalm 23, verse four in the Old Testament, when it says, even though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, it feels like we're in the valley of the shadow of death right now, doesn't it? It feels like that's what we're living through with this global pandemic, which has cast a shadow over the whole earth, where it seemed like a dark cloud of anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, uncertainty looms large over the whole planet. And we're on edge. Everyone's kind of on edge. We can't really relax. We can't go about our normal daily lives in a relaxed manner that we might otherwise be used to. So is it possible when we're living in such troubled times that we can come to know peace, peace in the valley, like the old song talks about? Well, the good news is that, yes, we can. We can know peace. And we come to know peace through the Prince of Peace, whose name is Jesus. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah wrote about the birth of the Prince of Peace, the coming of the Messiah, 
hundreds of years before he was born. So we're going to take a quick look at a few verses from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7, I'll just read it. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So this is talking about the governance of Christ being one of righteousness, of justice, of peace, of stability. There's a real sense of comfort about that, isn't there? A real sense of safety and assurance, which is in complete contrast to our current times, where everything is so uncertain, everything is so shaky and unstable, and we don't know what's happening from one minute to the next. This talks about a guaranteed peace and assurance. You know, the, the author Joseph Heller said that if we were to have peace on earth, then civilization as we know it would end. I put it to you this morning that if civilization as we know it ended, that might not be such a bad thing right now, mightn't it? I mean, you've only got to spend a couple of minutes looking at the news to see the, the state of our civilization, the chaos, the disorder, physically, socially, economically, politically, it's just turmoil, and there's a real absence of peace there. Should we be surprised by this? Should we be surprised that we are seeing such trouble in the world? Jesus himself assured us that we would have trouble in the world. In the New Testament, in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So peace in Jesus is available in the midst of trouble. I mean, Jesus wasn't wrong. He said, in the world, you will have trouble. And of course, we all know ourselves that we have all experienced trouble in different ways. But the good news is that we can have peace through Christ. And furthermore, as children of God, we are called to be peacemakers. Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. But how do we do that? And what does it even mean to be a peacemaker? Well, simple definition might be to show compassion where there's indifference, to show forgiveness where there's unforgiveness to show love where there's hatred. But how do we do all that? When we are living in such burdened, difficult times, how can we be peacemakers? You know, once upon a time, not so long ago, when it was easy to take overseas flights without too many concerns or restrictions, one of the things I love to do uh, at the beginning of a flight is that bit just before takeoff when the cabin crew are giving their safety talks, their safety demonstrations. I always love that. There's something really 
exciting about it. I don't know. I don't know why. I think maybe it's because it's the sense of anticipation that the plane's going to take off. I'm about to go somewhere, and I love flying. I love traveling, and just that sense of yeah, this is it. Now the journey's really going to start now because the cabin crew are going through their motions. One of the things they always say in their safety talks is that in the worst case scenario, if the plane should go down and the oxygen masks fall from the compartments above your head, before anyone with their mask, you need to place the mask on yourself. The key point being that before you can help someone else breathe, you yourself have to be breathing. It's kind of how it is with peace, isn't it? How can we share the message of peace unless we know and experience peace for ourselves? So how do we do that? How can we know and experience peace for ourselves when we're in such a valley? Well, the answer is back in the book of Isaiah, chapter 26, verse when it says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because it's in thee. Wow. That talks about perfect peace. That will keep, his mind, keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. So what Isaiah is saying here is we can have perfect peace if we keep our minds fixed on God. If we trust in God, then perfect peace is available to us. Peace is God's gift to us and he wants us to experience it. He wants us to have this peace that he talks about. And it's available to us if we keep our minds fixed on God. But how do we do that? What does that mean to keep our minds fixed on God? It means to focus on him more than you focus on your problems. It means being able to open yourself to him, talk to him, pray to him, sing to him, but come close to him, read his word, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, as it says in the book of James. We can focus on God and we can discover perfect peace. You know, focus is so important. One of my favorite things that I, I enjoy doing is riding my motorcycle. And when you begin to take motorcycle lessons, what they teach you from day one is that you must look at exactly where you want the bike to go. So you've got you've, many learners, it sounds obvious that you should look where you want to go, but many learners will jump on a bike and they will look down at the the dashboard or the handlebars and they won't look at where they're supposed to be going. Having the right focus literally can save your life. You need to be looking at where you want to go because where you look on a motorcycle is where your motorcycle will end up. It's kind of how it is with our lives, isn't it? Where's our focus? What's our focus at this moment when we're in the valley? Are we looking at the truck around us or are we looking up to our Heavenly Father? the maker of heaven and earth, who is sovereign over all, the one who loves us. You know, it's beyond our understanding that in such difficulty, the access to peace can be so simple. It's going to think, well, surely it needs to be complicated. We can't, it can't be that easy. We, we, we're in such a rut. We can't discover peace so easily. It is beyond our understanding that we have such a good and loving heavenly father. In Proverbs 3.5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all, with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's beyond our understanding. But God loves us and he's waiting to hear from us and we can approach him. We can come to him with complete confidence and assurance that he's working for our good. In Philippians 4, 
in the New Testament, verses six to seven, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It says, do not be anxious. Bring your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, there may be someone listening right this morning and you're thinking, well, yeah, that, that all sounds well and good, but my heart's broken right now. I'm suffering, I'm aching, things have gone wrong for me, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever it is, and you're thinking, well, I, I, this, this, this all sounds good, but I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Do you know what? God knows. God knows you. He sees. He understands. He cares. Just come before him. Bring it, whatever you're struggling with, bring it before God. Bring it before God. He loves you and he loves it when we come before him. We've got a great um, team here in the church who would love to pray with you, to stand with you, support you in prayer, and who would also be happy to share with you what a personal relationship with the Prince of Peace has meant to them. So you're not alone. God sees and he loves you. And... In closing, I just want to show you something which kind of summarizes what we've been looking at over the last few minutes, and it's this. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. So in closing, I'll just leave you with uh, the blessing from number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.